With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! This is the Lightning Round Podcast for Jamie Hoyle, who is at Lightning underscore round. I am Garrett Sisti, which is the same on Twitter. Today, we're covering the offensive lineman in this draft class, and this is the last of the draft profiles for this podcast. Before we get into mock draft madness, Jamie, it's finally over. Thank you. Thank God. <laughs> it's, it's a lot to juggle between work and kids and softball and draft prep. It was it was a lot this year. <laughs> Not only are we talking tackles, we are also going to discuss this defensive tackle, Jerry Tillery, who a lot of you wanted us to cover and go more in depth, and we will in just a minute. But first, we got a donation. So shout out goes to Kevin Beebe for his donation. He says. I've been listening way too long not to pay it forward. Keep up the good work, fellas. Thank you, Kevin. As long as you keep listening and donating, we'll keep doing the good work. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yes, we appreciate everybody. Whether you contact us on Twitter all the time, you email us all the time, or you're a lurker like Kevin Beebe, we appreciate you. And thanks for donating, Kevin. Say hi to your dad, Don, for me. I appreciate it. So, like I was alluding to earlier, last podcast we covered a lot of defensive tackles. A ton. And while we were covering all these defensive tackles, we kind of didn't cover 
Jerry Tillery. We didn't dive into him a lot, and that was probably an oversight on our part. We just got caught up in all the defensive tackles, and he's been mocked to the Chargers. He's a popular name. The Chargers even met with Tillery, so they had a meeting with him. He's been mocked to the Chargers. Jamie, let's talk about this Notre Dame defensive tackle. How would you feel if the Chargers took him at 28? Uh, personally, I think that's a little too rich for me. Uh, I like Tillery. I think he has a chance to be a good defensive tackle. Um, but I just feel like there's some development going on there that, that needs to happen there. I think there's some positional uncertainty. I kind of think he might be better as a five technique than a three technique myself. But, uh, you know, he has, he has some pass rushing chops on the inside. Uh, he's a big guy. He can move. He can be a, a playmaker against the run. So, I could see why people might be drawn to him. I just feel like with some of the development that has to happen, uh, he's also had some on-field issues. Um, I believe he stomped on a USC player's head while he was down with a potential concussion a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Also stepped on a guy's hand or had a late hit or had two or three issues where people were saying he was a dirty player and his teammates came to his defense. And I think they were a couple years ago and have not really popped up quite as much over the last couple of years, but there is that concern that there might be some character issues there. So my gut says he's probably a guy the team would pass on in the first round just because they'll probably have some of those character concerns and because they need somebody who can step in and produce right away, and I'm not really sure he's that guy. So, yeah, I think first round is a little rich. If he were to fall maybe mid-second, maybe you think about you know, maybe you trade back to get him from 28 or you trade up from 60 to get him, something along those lines, but not at 28 for me. It's a little too rich for my blood. Yeah, you know, I like the versatility. Uh, he played three tech. I think he could probably do it in the NFL, but um, I like that he can kick out to five tech. You know, the height, weight, arm size might be suited to that five tech like you were mentioning, Then, but I still think he could play inside. A pretty athletic kid. He, like, tore his labrum, but still tested pretty well. I uh, love the bend, the flexibility, and you mentioned the pass rush chops from the interior. That'd be great. Uh, the thing that concerns me is he plays a little too high too often, and he gets leveraged a lot as a result of it. Um, struggles keeping himself clean in the run game, so not a perfect player. I had a second-round grade on him, uh, but still seems to be growing. I've got four guys ahead of Tillery, if you remember from the top five. Quinton Williams, Ed Oliver, Christian Wilkinson, and or uh, Christian Wilkins, excuse me, and Jeffrey Simmons. You know, those are guys that I would take ahead of Tillery. I'm okay with drafting him, but I think a lot of people are really hyper-focused on his upside. Um, when Tillery's on, like he looks like a great player. And we had kind of talked off mic about Tillery, and you were talking, you know, a lot of his pats were statted. Stats were padded. <laughs> a lot of her stats were padded. You know, four of his seven sacks came in one game. The last three games, he only had one tackle. In Notre Dame's biggest game against Clemson in the uh, Cotton Bowl, Tillery was a no-show. He had zero tackles, and one of his plays uh, defined the game. He had a late hit on Trevor Lawrence. He cost the team 15 yards. So I went back and watched him again afterwards because everybody was asking so much about him. And, you know, with every player, Tillery has his good and bad traits, uh, definitely would be in the discussion for 28. I think he needs to be in the conversation. And I'd be okay with them t taking Tillery, but I think you nailed it. And I, and I mentioned on Twitter, but I, I think you're right. I don't think the team takes Tillery 
uh, just a, a hunch. I mean, you talked about stomped on his uh, a guy a USC kid's head. Uh, he stomped on another player's leg. He was suspended as a freshman. I remember he uh, openly wanted to get uh, his coach fired on Twitter. Was you know uh, suggesting that other coaches would be, would be better. I think when Tillery is still on the board, and if he's still at the board on the board at twenty eight, I think Telesco looks at him and says he's too risky for a first-round pick. He's not a guy you really take a swing on, and Telesco hasn't in his past drafts. So, you know, to Tillery's credit, he's been clean for the last two seasons, so that might be behind him, but I don't think it's enough for the Chargers to look past on draft day. Yeah, and I think, you know, you're probably going to see Jeffrey Simmons fall down into that 28 range. I think there are other guys who are going to fall down who might provide more immediate value. So, I mean, for me, Tillery was my... I think he was your sixth. He was my sixth ranked yeah. defensive tackle. And just as a general rule, I think if you're picking in the first round, you should not be picking any worse than like the fourth or fifth best player at a position. So obviously it depends on how the Chargers have him ranked, but my guess is he's behind other guys because of those on-field issues that he's had. So I would say they don't take him. I would say maybe they, they think about trading up for him if he sticks around for a little while. I, I just... I don't think he's a first-round talent. Personally, I think he's getting a little hyped up because he went to Notre Dame, because he had that one huge four-sack game at the end of the year. Uh, I just, I think it's a it's a bit rich, like I said, and there's there's some additional risk involved. So I wouldn't, and I don't think the Chargers will either. Um, but we'll see. I'm not as far down on Tillery as you are. I'm okay with it at 28. There's other guys that were like, they're better. And if, you know, if you're applying Tillery in the off the field stuff, then Simmons would probably be wiped off the board in the first yeah, round. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying in terms of talent. <laughs> no, stuff, I know. Yeah, yeah. Guys, Same here. Yeah. So I'm just saying earlier. And I don't I said think they'll I would, take Simmons either. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Neither. But I was saying, you know, there's four guys I would take ahead of, uh, Tillery, but of course the Chargers won't be taking Simmons in the first round either. So, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting, but I'm okay with it. Uh, you're not a big fan of it, I know that. But let's go ahead and just jump into our uh, position group this week. Our last one, it's offensive tackles. We decided to just leave out guards and centers because it's not as big of a need as tackle, and there's a lot of tackles to cover because the Chargers are getting you know mocked a lot of tackles, whether it's in the first round or second or third. Tackles being taken in every mock. So, and we've got seven or eight tackles here we're going to cover, and the first one we're going to start with is Jonah Williams, the tackle at Alabama. Yeah, so Williams, uh, for me, I think his best. I think he's a obviously a tackle in the NFL. I think he can he will play right tackle probably early on and probably has the ability to play left tackle. Uh, his best trait is he's a technician and he's extremely smart. Uh, he adjusts to you know changing rush assignments. He's uh, he moves easily, very athletic. Uh, he does a lot of things extremely well in the football field. I think his worst trait is that he can be a little bit slow with his punch and give up a little bit too much ground early in pass reps, which can lead to him getting kind of bull rushed the anchor isn't quite there yet uh i think the major concern with him as a left tackle is that the length is less than ideal and he needs to get a little stronger and improve the anchor like i mentioned i think the immediate fit for him if he were there for the chargers which he probably won't be would be as the right tackle uh with maybe potential left tackle upside down the line uh, i have a 93 on williams i like him quite a bit i think he is definitely a first round pick uh, one of the top two or three tackles on the board for sure. And I think with the top three guys, you're kind of splitting hairs to some degree. But 93, I I had to have no problem taking him in the first round. But in my opinion, 
he won't be there. I think he's going to be gone probably in the top 15, 15-ish picks, somewhere in that range. Yeah, Jonah Williams played both spots at Alabama. Uh, I think he's got the makings of a left tackle, could definitely play right tackle as well. Uh, my favorite trade of his, his best trade is the functional strength. He's got a strong anchor, you mentioned it, can dig in, stand his ground against the bull rush. He drives guys in the run game, uses his leverage well, and his hands are up there with the best in this class. Uh, the worst is another thing you mentioned is the length. Uh, he measured with less than ideal arm length at 33 and 58 inches. Long, which is below average in length. That's a non-issue for me, though, because he just is good. I don't care about the length and the measurables. Everyone concern is the arm length. Uh, I don't really buy into it because of all the other great traits he has. In terms of the Chargers' fit, uh, I don't. Th- again, I don't think he'll be there. Though there is talks, and you know, of course, this is liar season, so who knows exactly what's going to happen because he's always been the first or second best tackle on everybody's board. But a lot of people think this is a force lamp situation where he played tackle. Uh, most people, because of his length, it scared some teams off, and they think he might be a guard. So some teams might overthink it, kind of like what we were talking about with that Oliver, and he slips. I doubt it. But I think he won't be there when the Chargers pick. But this is a right tackle right away. You can slip him over to left tackle when Russell Okung decides to step away in terms of the Chargers fit. And for me, I got him one point higher. I gave him a 94, also a first-round grade. I'm comfortable taking Jonah Williams anywhere. He's going to be a top 10, 15 player for me once we uh, get our boards all done and taken care of. So uh, I would take Jonah Williams anywhere. Yeah, I agree. And you actually brought up something I was going to mention. I was kind of thinking about it today. He, it feels a lot like watching Forrest Lamp, watching him on tape because he's just so smooth and efficient and smart and athletic. He does everything well. And he's one of those kind of guys that people might overthink. I, I doubt it, but it's possible. And I kind of hope it, I hope, I hope it happens. Yeah. But I don't think it will. No, me neither. Um, but we're hoping. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're all hoping. Um, <laughs> But he's just a he's just a complete, steady, technically sound tackle prospect. You know, he just does everything well, and there's really nothing that you can point at unless you're really nitpicking. Aside from the length, uh, that would be a red flag for me. So I I'd have no problem taking him anywhere in the first round, and I think he's got Pro Bowl upside. Yeah, no, definitely. Okay, so the next guy here is Jawan Taylor out of Florida. Uh, his NFL position, I think he could play either spot, uh, probably best suited to play right tackle. His best trait for me is his pass sets. His kick slide is a glide, has lateral movement to beat the majority of pass rushers to their spot. Always the first to engage, exhibits really heavy hands. He went up against a lot of good pass rushers this year, too, and uh, passed with flying colors in each of his matchups. When we were doing edges, which we didn't end up covering, but um, while watching the edge players this year, a lot of those Florida games came up, and those edge rushers had major issues with Taylor. Um, his worst trait is his weight. He was 380 coming out of high school, and the Gators said he had a trim weight before they'd give him a scholarship, and he did. Taylor is athletic for a size. His weight still fluctuated while he was at Florida. He ballooned up to 344 at one point. Uh, better than 380, obviously, but uh, still have to keep it under control. He was 312 at the Combine, so as long as he keeps that in check, he'll be all right. And as you can tell, I'm nitpicking because who cares? You know, he's fine now, but <laughs> he's had issues with it in the past. Uh, there's no real red flags for Taylor for me, and this is another player who isn't going to fall, but this is a franchise tackle. Another guy like Jonah Williams, you can start him on the right side when you're ready to kick him over to left. When Russell Okung's done, you can do that too. He's actually my highest-graded tackle 
He has a 95 for me, which is one point higher than uh, Jonah. So they're really, really close. And, you know, I think he's the best tackle in this class. So in terms of a round, I'm comfortable taking him. I'm comfortable selecting J1 Taylor anywhere. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I think he's probably a right tackle. I think teams will try him at left tackle, but I think he's probably better suited for right tackle. Uh, you just love the length and athleticism with him. Um, he's just so long, and he covers so much ground, and he's so smooth. He just looks really good on tape. I do think that there's an issue with the pad level sometimes. He can kind of stand up and lean into blocks, and it makes him vulnerable to power rush moves at times. And I also thought that there are there's a tendency for his pass sets to be a little bit slow, and it can make him vulnerable to speed and inside counters. He kind of oversets to the outside and leaves a little door for guys to sneak in through uh, the inside. I think it's something that might be exposed a little bit more at the NFL level than it was at the college level. Just something to keep an eye on. Um, I don't really think there's any red flags per se, just some technical things that need cleaning up. I have a 92 on Taylor. I like him quite a bit, just one point behind Jonah Williams, but still very good. Another guy I would be comfortable taking anywhere in the first round. Uh, I don't think he'll be there. I I think he's probably going to wind up being the first tackle off the board just because he has the length the teams look for. He has the athleticism that teams look for. He checks all the boxes in a way that Jonah Williams doesn't quite check all the boxes. So I, I think he's the first tackle off the board. And somebody's going to be real happy with him at right tackle right away, and we'll probably try him at left tackle eventually. Yeah, so we're we're close on both of them, only separated by a point. So uh, th- those are two very good tackles. Let's go ahead and move on to the third one here, and it is Andre Dillard at a Washington State. So Dillard, I think he's I think he's a, a right tackle right away. We'll probably play left tackle in time. Uh, best trait, he's extremely intelligent, and he's got great footwork. He's so smooth on his feet, covers a lot of ground. Uh, very, it's very difficult for pass rushers to get around the edge on him, and he's very good out in space in front of screens uh, on trap plays. When he's asked to pull, he just covers a lot of ground, and he can change directions and pick off moving targets easily. Um, as as In terms of a Chargers fit, he'd be an immediate upgrade at right tackle, no doubt about it. Uh, he's actually my number one graded tackle. Wow. Uh, I have a 94 on him. And I have a round comfort. I'm comfortable taking him in the first round as well, particularly if he's on the board for the Chargers at 28. I think that's a no-brainer. I don't think he'll be there, but I would do it in a heartbeat. I think the only real knock on him is that he really wasn't asked to run block a lot, at least not in in the NFL sense um, in college. So he's going to have to learn how how to run block basically all over again when he gets to the NFL. I think he's smart enough and athletic enough to be able to pick it up, and he's technically sound enough to pick it up, and I don't think it'll take that much time for him to do that. So I think he's a guy who's going to step in, be very productive and very stable at right tackle right away, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's playing left tackle in a couple years. Yeah, so Diller played left tackle all four years at Washington State. Um, that college system is kind of weird and uh, not normally transferable. He might have to start a right tackle early, but uh, could be a left tackle in the NFL as well. Uh, my favorite trait, the best trait, is the athleticism. He climbed up boards because of his athletic testing at Indy, but on the field it shows up too. He's got quick feet, fast laterally, and he can get to second level in a hurry. He's got recovery speed too to make up for any missteps he has in his pass sets. His worst trait to me while watching his college tape is just that scheme, that college scheme. You know, while watching these other offensive linemen – 
you can kind of tell that this this system that he's in, he's going to be a little bit behind the curve. There will be some bumps and bruises, I think, early on, just so you know he'll need to catch up on his NFL pass sets a little bit. But that's not his fault. He could pick it up right away. But I think you know his program did him no favors at all. It just it seemed like a totally different college system. Uh, in terms of red flags, you know, other than the scheme, there's nothing for a Chargers fit. Dillard would be the Chargers right tackle early. Eventually, could move to left tackle like like the other two guys we've mentioned. But he's an instant starter. I've got an 88 on him. High second round grade. If Andre Diller falls to 28, I'm taking him in a heartbeat. I think he's probably the third tackle off the board, but depending on who's there, he should be worthy of the Chargers' first round pick. I don't, I don't know if there's going to be another better tackle there. I don't think he falls there, but if he does, I think there's going to be no other player that's going to beat Dillard out, and he'll be the best player on the board. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I just, I, I'm just shocked by, not shocked. I was taken by how smart he is on the field. I mean, you can see his head's on a swivel. He's so good at adjusting to changing assignments as they send extra guys to him. Uh, you know, he can come off one block and, and pick up another one with ease in pass protection. He just buries guys. You know, I, I, I just loved him. And I think he might have the most upside of any of the tackles in the league just from a intelligence, athletic standpoint. I think he put those two things together and teach him some technique. He's going to be really good. Yeah. No, I like Dillard a lot, too. Uh, the next guy here is Cody Ford. He's the tackle guard at Oklahoma. Uh, Cody Ford played guard early on, played right tackle this past season. He's got one-year starter at tackle, so many project him as a guard. I think he'll be fine at either right tackle or guard, depending on where you put him. Uh, his best trait is his power. He's a big man at 6'4", 330, and he's a people mover. He's got violent hands, clears the path on down blocks. He's also a really good athlete, and when he leads the charge and gets his hands on you, he will steamroll guys. Uh, his worst trait is his footwork. I think he's quick on his feet, but has some problems with some speed rushers this year. His pass sets can be inconsistent at times, and watching his game against Alabama was not good. His feet looked completely rushed and panicked. Uh, it did not look good. Uh, in terms of red flags, it's the experience. He's only got one year of experience at right tackle. And also, in terms of injuries, he broke his fibula as a sophomore, but that didn't really slow him down since then. In terms of the Chargers' fit, Cody Ford would be the Chargers' starting right tackle. If worse comes to worse and he can't keep up and uh, fix that footwork, you can kick him inside at guard so he's got the versatility, uh, which is also obviously a position of need and will be soon. Um, I actually like Cody Ford, I think, more than most. And uh, I'm surprised he's not getting more run. I've got a 90 on him, which is a first-round grade, high second. Um, Cody Ford has a side athleticism, power to win as an NFL-ready right tackle. I saw, to me, I saw enough this year that he's not that far off, and he's kind of just scratching the surface as a right tackle. If he's there at 28, I'm taking a swing on him, no doubt. I mean, I've got Dillard a little bit behind him, and I might take Ford just because of the versatility, but uh, Ford might be the player that's there out of those the four that we've covered so far, and I would love to take Cody Ford. I'm a big fan of his, and I think there's a lot of room to grow here. Uh, can be a right tackle. If anything falls through again, he'll be a very good guard. I feel like you're stealing my notes again. Ah! <laughs> Here we go. R- right down to the grade. <laughs> wow, you got a first-round grade on Cody Ford, too? I do. I, wow. I thought for sure I'd be higher on him than you were. Uh, I mean, you said it. Um, you know, he's a right tackle right out of the gate. You can move him inside if you need to. I think he's going to stick at right tackle. Uh, he His hand technique is really good. He's got heavy hands. He blasts guys, folds guys like a cheap suit when he hits them. Very nasty. Uh, he doesn't just block you in the run game. He doesn't just move you in the run game. 
he buries you six feet deep in the run game and he usually <laughs> winds up on top of you. Uh, he is the grave digger and uh, I love the guy. So I think the worst trait is he can be a little slow to identify and adjust to extra rushers. Uh, he's not the guy, he's not going to be the guy in the offensive line who's pointing out blitz schemes and telling guys who to pick up. That's just not part of his game. Um, but he is, he is a good blocker. I think he's going to be a very good pass protector as he gets older and develops and, and learns to kind of slow his feet down a little bit. Uh, I also have a 90 on him. He'd be the Chargers starting right guard right away. I'd have no problem taking him at 28. I think he'd be a steal at 28. And the only thing that I would say is if I took him at 28, I'd tell him, you got to come in and I want you to lose 10 to 15 pounds because he's so athletic and he's so strong that I think he's probably carrying about 10 to 15 pounds extra weight. And I think his athleticism would just jump off the page if he lost about 10 pounds and could move around just a little bit better. Not that he doesn't move around well already. Uh, he moves around better than any guy his size has any legal right to move around. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, he does it all. So uh, no problem taking him at, at 28. I think uh, he's probably the last of the surefire tackles at that spot, more than likely. Yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Ford, and man, what a great fit for the Chargers system, too, who like to pull and uh, get their athletic linemen out in front on these swings and screens and it would just be his athleticism would just be perfect in the system. I agree. I think he's a perfect fit. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about our fifth lineman on this list. And he's a guy that's been mocked to the chargers a few times. So this is an important name. It is Dalton Reisner. He is the tackle out of Kansas state. So Reisner, I think, uh, I think he's probably going to be a right tackle in the NFL, but he's a guy who's played tackle center and guard throughout his time in college. And I think um, he's a lot like Forrest Lamp. And I actually felt like in some ways it kind of felt like you were watching Forrest Lamp, watching him play, uh, just because he's smart. He's got strong hands. He's smooth. You just don't see a lot of glaring holes or mistakes in his game watching him. Um, I think the one thing that kind of stood out to me, and I don't know if you noticed this, Garrett, but for me, I think he gives up too much ground early in his pass sets, and it can make him struggle with length off the edge. He winds up getting bull rushed. You see a lot of one arm inside arm bull rushes with guys keeping their outside arm free and just driving him back into the, into the quarterback. So I think that's something that's got to get cleaned up. He's got to be a little more aggressive with his punch and engage a little earlier before he's backpedaling into the pocket. Cause it just seems like he backpedals into the quarterback's lap too often. Um, I think there's, probably a likelihood if you draft him as a right tackle you're probably going to wind up having to move him to guard more than likely uh i think he's going to face an adjustment period in terms of facing skilled nfl edge rushers speed length strength i just think he's going to have to go through some adjustments with that but i think you know, the chargers could take him he'd be an immediate upgrade over sam tevy at right tackle and or you could slide him in at either guard spot and he'd be a fit right away. Or you could have him kind of learn behind Mike Pouncey and probably be a really good center in time. Uh, I have an 87 on Dalton Reisner. Uh, my round comfort, uh, I think I ideally I'd want to take him in the second round. Um, but if you're taking him as a guard at the end of the first round, I could be okay with that. If you're taking him as the fifth best tackle at the end of the first round, that's where I'm starting to get a little bit uncomfortable. Um, as long, 
but I might be okay with it as long as they have kind of a backup plan for him. Yeah, so um, I, I think you're right. He's probably a right tackle in the NFL. Began his career as a center, played the last three seasons in right tackle for Kansas State, but um, could be a tackle, could be a guard. He's played it all. Um, I like his hands. He's got strong, powerful hands. Uh, he's got a steady punch. When he gets hands on guys, he hardly loses. He uses his leverage well and is an excellent hand fighter. Uh, the worst trait is the pass pro, especially footwork. You talked about some of it. Uh, he's got issues with speed rushers. Um, he has issues with his feet. His kick slide is inconsistent, uh, giving pass rushers an easy path to the quarterback. You talk about backpedaling in the quarterback. I mean, it's bad. So uh, that footwork and pass pro is needs to be cleaned up. In 17, Reisner had shoulder surgery, but it hasn't affected him into this past year, so no real concerning red flags. In terms of the Chargers' fit, Dalton Reisner could be the Chargers' right tackle with some versatility if you want to flip him inside to guard or center if things don't work out at tackle. Um, I'm a little bit lower on him. I've got an 85, which is a mid-second. In terms of what round I'm comfortable taking him, there are... Players I like a lot better, obviously. We talked about four of them before him. But I think after after Reisner, there's a pretty big drop-off from here on out. And so taking Reisner at 28 makes sense. You know, you kind of want to get ahead of the curve. And, you know, I like him better in the second, like you mentioned. But I understand taking him. I want one of these other guys to fall to 28, but if they don't, I understand it because you're you're looking at no man's land by the end of the second round on offensive tackle. So um, while I said that uh, Christian Wilkins was the guy that I thought if he was there, the Chargers would take, this is the guy that I think will be there and the guy they do take. Because you talked about you know comparing him to Forrest Lamp, and to me it felt like another guard a round later, and it was Dan Feeney. Because it was that mold, like he's got the accolades, he's got the versatility to play multiple spots, he's a smart kid, never missed a game. That just feels like that whole Dan Feeney mold, you know? Feeney played right guard and tackle in college, who's a blue-collar worker, brought his lunch pail, they used all that, high football IQ. That feels like Dalton Reisner in this class. So he checks every box for Tom Telesco, in my opinion. I think this is the guy they end up taking at 28 if I had to put money down today. So uh, I think this is what the Chargers uh, will be picking come draft day, and I'm okay with it. I don't love it, but you know, depending on how the board falls, I understand wanting to get a jump on these offensive tackles before they really start to fall off. Yeah, I, I think the concern that I have is if you're taking him and looking at him strictly as a right tackle, it, there's a little bit of DJ Fluker involved in this. Like he's not a DJ Fluker kind of player, but you're winding up with the fifth best tackle at the end of the first round. Are there better players at other positions that you can fill? And maybe you just say, let's go one more year with Sam Tevy and see how he grows and look at right tackle next year. Because we don't want to take a guy for the sake of taking a guy and make a mistake because we were desperate, which and not that Risner, like I said, not that Risner is fluker, but it does feel a little bit like a, okay, we got our tackle, check the box, let's move on. And instead of really taking the best player on the board, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I mean, you know, are you going to take a A player there if a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is available? Or are you going to take that B minus player just because you want to fill that need, you know? Right. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next one on this list, and it's Yadni Kajust out of West Virginia. And am I saying Reisner's name right? Is it Risner? It's Reisner. It's Reisner? Okay. That's what I saw on his draft prep page. Okay, good. All right. 
I was hoping I didn't mispronounce his name. Uh, so, Kajust, uh, definitely a projected tackle. Uh, only played left tackle in his college career. He may man the blind side early on, but could move to right tackle. The body type might warrant a move inside, but I'd say he deserves a shot on the outside. Probably would be ideal in a power run heavy scheme. His best trait for me is a strength. Has the power to drive and uses leverage well. When his legs are driving, he can move men off their spot. He loves to finish, but his worst trait is his balance issues. He gets too high at times, will lose to the low man all the time. Uh, in terms of concerns, he's had some uh, injury history. He tore his ACL a few years ago. He just recently had surgery to repair a torn quadricep. Uh, in terms of a Chargers fit, I like the idea of bringing him in as a potential Okung replacement later on. He would benefit from waiting a year or two, in my opinion, before being cast out in his initial starter. I've got a low second-round grade for Kajust. I've got an 81. 28 is just too rich for me there. Um, if you're talking second or third, I understand it because you're looking a year or two ahead as a replacement later on. But um, this isn't a guy I'm, I'm willing to take at 28. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, yeah, I think you stole my notes again. <laughs> uh, God, man. <laughs> uh, I, do, I don't think Kajust is a left tackle. I think he's more likely a right tackle or um, a guard at the NFL level. Uh, I think his his best trait is his size and athleticism. Covers a ton of ground. He's got the frame you look for in any offensive lineman. And he's got some nasty to him. I, I like that a lot. Um, worst traits, he just gives up too much ground on his pass, his pass sets. I think he can really struggle with a quality bull rush and an inside counter. And he's slow to adjust to changing assignments and slow to recognize uh, additional rushers. Uh, my concern, I think he needs to refine his footwork, his hand technique, and he needs to get a whole lot smarter. He's just too slow diagnosing, in my opinion. Um Chargers fit. I think he'd be a better fit for the Chargers as a guard because of his mobility. I just think having a guy that size with that kind of strength and athleticism coming through the hole, leading Gordon and Eckler, I think he'd be a lot better suited to that, in my opinion, than playing tackle. Um, I have an 81 on him. I think he's a bit of a project like you do. I would not take him, even though I have a second round grade on him, I would not take him before the third round. I just think they need to get more, a more of a sure thing in the first couple rounds and I'm not even remotely considering him at 28. I don't think there's any money in that. I think it's a, that's the ultimate reach. You know, we were talking about Reisner being the DJ Fluker issue. Uh, this is, this is Chris Watt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is Chris Watt in the third round, except in the second round. Uh, I just, 
not for me. I'd, I'd take a hard pass on him in the first two rounds, and if he falls into the middle third, then maybe you think about trading up a couple spots to get him. But uh, any any earlier than that is just too early. All right, so we've got one more, and then we'll give our top eight of the guys we've talked about so far. So let's wrap it up. This last guy we have to talk about because he's also being mocked to the Chargers. Chargers had a meeting with him. Uh, let's talk about Caleb McGarry out of Washington. Do we have to? No. <laughs> you always you always ask that question. At some point, let's just not do it. <laughs> uh, for me, I think, in all honesty, I think McGarry is getting mocked way, way, way too high uh, for what he is. And in my opinion, his NFL position is he's going to wind up being somebody's backup guard. Uh, I don't think he's a tackle at the next level. I don't think he's nearly athletic enough to play to be a starting guard at the next level. I think he is a utility lineman in all likelihood at the next level. Uh, his best trait uh, is the t- the toughness, the nastiness, and the power. He's just a, a brute, and he likes to bully people, which can be fun to watch. But as you start drilling past that, you start seeing the holes in his game. He's a limited athlete. There's no real lateral quickness. The length isn't there. Um, you know, he's slow to adjust his assignments. Uh, he's just not very good. Uh, <laughs> he probably, I don't think he'll stick at tackle at the next level. I think he's he's a guy who, if he winds up going in the first round, which just seems absurd to me, uh, you're probably looking at him being moved to guard by year three of his rookie deal, and probably being a backup by the time his fifth year option comes up. I just, I don't think he's going to stick. Uh, I have a 75 on Caleb McGarry. Uh, and I would have no beef if somebody told me he should be in the sixties, to be quite honest with you. I feel like I might've been a little nice to him. Um, uh, my round comfort, I would not take him before the fourth round because he's a complete project and he's not going to stick. And frankly, he should probably shouldn't go before the fifth or sixth round. Um, so he is a hard pass for me at 28. He's a hard pass for me at 60. He's a hard pass for me in the third round. Whatever number that is. It <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm out, bro. I'm done. No more. No, no more No more Caleb McGarry. Yeah, man. I, we're actually, uh, of course, we're on the same page here. You know, he played right tackle at Washington. He had his issues on the edge, so a team would be smart to kick him inside. His best trait, you talked about kind of the power. It's his play strength. He can latch on with power. He always looks for that big hit. So if he can make contact, he lands his hits with some power. It's nice. It's fun to watch, but the technique is a mess. This is a strip-down start-over with his technique, and you do not want him on, on an island, especially early on. His footwork is a mess. His pass pro sets are so, so poor. This is a relearn the system. I mean, we, I was talking about how Dillard was kind of having um, some scheme issues. This is just a... A whole technique issue. You have to completely start over with him. Uh, he was diagnosed with a uh, heart arrhythmia, so that's the thing team doctors are already looking into with McGarry. They've talked about that. In terms of the Chargers fit, um, this is a guy that's going to be in the competition, quote-unquote, in camp for guard and tackle. I do not think he's a starter right away. You know, At best, maybe he gives Michael Schofield some competition at right guard. I'm not even sure he can beat out Sam Tevy, but you know, in theory, he could be competition there too. I've got a 74 on him, which is a mid third, and I'm not a fan of his either. Um, he is a player I'm not looking at until day three, like you mentioned. Um, he's a project, and those are guys you take in day three. I am no way a fan of him at 28. 
I think the quarterback Daniel Jones is my nightmare scenario at 28. And I think McGarry comes in at a close second for me because they're talking about him at 28. Uh, that would not be good. And that would be the worst case scenario here for the out of these tackle group that we talked about. Yeah, I agree. And I think the, the real concern for me, the, I'm surprised they're really even looking at him, frankly, because he's not a very good athlete. And they usually look for extremely athletic, mobile, agile guys, whether it's tackle or guard. They're looking for guys who can get downfield and make blocks in the screen game and the run game. And that's just not him. He just can't do it. He is not a scheme fit. He's not overly talented. He is by far and away the least impressive, least skilled tackle we looked at in this series of players by far. Uh, he's six points below Yadni Kajus for me. And like I said, I could easily put him in the 60s. Every time I watched somebody else, McGarry fell further down the board and his <laughs> score kept falling. So, uh, yeah, I'm out. Uh, it's just a, a hard, firm, absolutely fucking not for me. No way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a fucking chance for me either. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, I, I've got him seven points lower than congest. And I, you know, it's just the demeanor. You know, he's got the right attitude. It's, and we've mentioned ex chargers all throughout this podcast. So it's, it's kind of like Fluker. You know, he's a good kid. He's got the, you know, the dog in him that you love, but he just isn't a good player. And that's fine. But you just don't take bad players at 28. I know that's it isn't rocket science. Just don't take bad players in the first round, okay? Or the second round, or the third or the round, se- or the fourth oh, yeah. round. Of the- <laughs> I know, but I, specifically when you're mocking yes. him at 28, it's like what are what are we doing here? No, and thank I, you. So let's go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say I've seen some people on Chargers Twitter talking him up, saying that he's got all this potential and he'd be a huge upgrade at right tackle, and he's the guy that everybody should be talking about, and. I just don't get it, man. I just don't know what they're seeing. And I was very, very glad when I was done watching his tape. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. And uh, I don't know who said that. And uh, I've got some plays for them to watch. If they, you know, if anybody's listening and loves McGarry, uh, let me know and I'll send you some plays uh, showing you that he is nowhere near a first, second, or third round player, even though we've got third round grades on him. <laughs> 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 why he's a day three guy. All right, so let's talk about the top seven we've got here. Go ahead and uh, give me your list, starting with seven. So let's see here. So um, obviously McGarry seven. That's a, we've we've kind of beat that down. Seven. <laughs> McGarry seven uh, with a 75. Yadni Kajust, Kajust, Kajust yeah. is six with an 81. Dalton Reisner at five with an 87. Cody Ford is number four with a 90. Jawan Taylor, 92, is my number three. Jonah Williams with a 93 is my number two. And Andre Dillard is my number one with a 95. Yeah, so seven, of course, is McGarry with a 74. Yadni Kajess also my number six with an 81. Dalton Reisner, we agree there. At number five, I've got an 85 on him. I've got Andre Dillard at four with an 88. I've got Cody Ford with a 90 at three. Jonah Williams came in at number two with a 94, and one point higher than him is the Florida tackle Jawan Taylor with a 95. And I think we can all agree that Jawan Taylor, Jonah Williams, Cody Ford, Andre Dillard are first-round players. And I don't think we've ever—I don't know if we've ever had four offensive tackles with first-round grades in any of the podcasts that we've done for the draft prospects. Am I wrong on that? I don't 
I don't think I think you're right. I don't think we have. No, I mean they, they talked about how deep this class is, and I think you know it's very top heavy for sure. But those are the four names you're comfortable with at 28. You start to get a little sketchy once you get to Dalton Reisner, and then after that, it's all hell breaks loose. It's over after that. Yeah. Yeah, you're taking a shot in the dark. Yeah, because you know once you fall to the end of two. Uh, you're not going to find Kajust there anymore. Uh, Reisner will be gone if you pass on him in the first round. You know that Taylor, Williams, Ford, and Dillard will be probably gone before 28. So if you don't take Reisner, he'll be gone before you pick in the second round. Kajust will be gone. McGarry might be there. Uh, some teams, uh, I guess, are high on him. I don't know. If he's not there, then you're just you're sitting there with your dick in your hand. You don't know what you don't know what to do in the second round if you're not taking a tackle. And at that point, maybe you're right. Maybe you just punt it and say, Sam Tevy, I hope you grow <laughs> this year and uh we'll Sam, look at right we tackle next time. You. We believe yeah. in you, Sam. We never wanted to tackle anyway. Go be our guy. And then maybe that means you know what? Maybe we got to give Forrest Lamp a goddamn try, and let's see if he can play right tackle. I mean, because there's no other options. We've been saying since they drafted him that he can play tackle. I, I, I want to see it. I doubt we will, but I want to see it. Yeah, me too. And at that point, they wouldn't have a choice, so they would do it. So there's a lot of uh, tackles that uh, people like later on. Titus Howard being one of them. Um, Greg Little being another one. I, I just don't know what you do if you don't take a tackle in the first round. And I think we've already decided it's kind of a foregone conclusion. And if you're Tom Telesco, I think he's thinking the same thing. How, where do you go once you miss out on a tackle in the first round? Yeah, I, I think um, short of maybe Greg Little in the second round, he's a guy who was being mocked in the first round early on and has fallen down boards. Mm-hmm. He kind of took that uh, Orlando Brown Jr. tumble. Yeah, yeah. Um, short of him, or maybe a Kajust as a project, there's just nobody. There's just nobody that I have any faith in. So I, I would say, if you don't get one of those top four guys in the in the first round, then you punt and you move on and look for it next year, because you're it's you're going to wind up taking somebody who's probably is not going to stick a tackle. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, you know all these situations when we get to our mock draft madness uh, next time around. But um, so you're saying you're you're no go on Reisner at twenty at twenty eight if all four tackles are gone. Uh, he's probably the last guy that I'd be interested in. I think there are probably better players at other positions available there. Yeah, but if you felt like you had to do it, which they kind of do, um, and he's the last guy on the board, then as much as I don't want to be taking the fifth best player at a certain position in the first round, you know, I think you kind of almost have to be okay with it to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. I think at some point you kind of get backed in the corner and you, you have to do it. And I understand it that at uh, some point, especially when a lot of the guys that you want are gone by 28, you know, and some teams reach ahead of you because being at the end of the, being a good team is awesome. But then during draft season, it sucks because every, all the good players are gone. Yep. It's weird how that works. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the further down you draft, the worse players are. It's weird. Maybe they should. <laughs> Maybe they should start doing a serpentine draft like they do in, in fantasy drafts. So the, the 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 players at the end of the rounds get to draft first in the second and fourth and sixth rounds, just to even things out a little bit. Now you're talking. All right, let's put that in the next time the owners meeting next year. All right, guys, <laughs> we're done. Mock draft madness next time. Thank God this is all over. I am at Gary Sisti on Twitter, Jamie at lightning underscore round we will see you next time thanks everybody